0: Hello again. Good morning. How are you feeling? I see nods. Give me a few words. How are you feeling? Happy. Happy. Thank you. <laughs> Content. Content. Peaceful. Peaceful. Connected. Connected and joyful. Settled. Settled. What else? And everything is welcome. If you're feel, feeling stirred up, that's fine too, bring it on. <coughs> I'm feeling calmer than I enter too, more settled, yeah. Anything else? Anything else in the room you want to bring in? Ah, connected, yeah. Also, sense of connection. It's so nice to sit with people. I love Zoom. Don't get me wrong. I love the little squares. I've been, I've fallen in love with Zoom over the past three years, teaching a lot on Zoom, and yet it's just a goodness also to, to the embodied presence, to the embodied presence. Yeah. So I bring that in. It's not sharing my reflections, but also for us to feel that. There's something, especially for those who are in the room, and if you are joining us from YouTube, there is a Sangha, there's a YouTube Sangha to really feel into energetically. And yet here, feeling into, yeah, it is nice. Sangha, community, yay, how wonderful. Other human beings who are on this path, source of joy. So, today I'd like to share some <clears throat> reflections on, um, on gathering, collecting the mind, the heart. Just this sense of settledness that many of you gave a, gave a shout out for the sense of settledness, calmness, happiness, contentment. All of these are in each other's neighborhood. and formally, formally in in um the the title or the topic of this this uh, talk is um, the Pali word is samadhi, samadhi, or often translated as concentration, but concentration brings up the sense of concentrate, whereas this word samadhis actually um, it means to put together, to place together, to collect, to gather. Um, in the Chan tradition, actually, it's often translated as calm abiding. Oh, I like that. Right? It's a different translation. It's a concentration, calm abiding. Feel that on your body. Right concentration. It's like, okay, I've got to concentrate and remember math class. Again, for some people that works. If it works for you, go with it. But the idea, again, with that translation of concentration is to gather. It's the, when the orange juice is concentrated, it's gathered, it's collected, it's, it's essence, right? It's, whereas we have, it's like a, a um, word map. We have so many different associations with the word concentration that sometimes it's not helpful but calm abiding collectedness gathering and in fact the word itself in, in Pali samadhi comes, um, is from the prefix sam which means together and the root da, which means to put or place so to place together to put together to bring together so, unifying the mind in a steady, undistracted awareness, in the words of Richard Shankman in his book Samadhi. So, this idea of collectedness, collecting ourselves—just that feels delicious, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, collecting myself instead of being scattered. The opposite is <clears throat> being scattered, being everywhere. Collected, scattered. And especially in our modern life, I think as the speed of, of technology and communication and just the deluge of information in so many ways um, has increased, has increased. Social media, news uh, um, outlets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, even entertainment outlets just the number of um, entertainment options available, just so many ways we can get scattered. So raise your hand if you felt scattered at least one moment the past week. (laughs) (laughs) Two moments? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's... all the hands go up. Of course, it's our common humanity now. This, and in fact, I should have asked you to look around. It's our common humanity. Of course, we get scattered. This is this is our this is the condition of um, our lives right now in the West. Actually, everywhere in the world, it turns out, but especially in in here in Silicon Valley and then in the West in general. So. So to help, to support ourselves, we want to collect ourselves, calm ourselves, collect ourselves. And so so the question might arise, well, okay, why do I want to collect myself? Let's do the why. Let's do the how. How do I collect myself? Is it by force? Is it like, okay, now I'm going to collect myself, okay. And and push away all distractions, like to have a... a um, a a an aversive, a fighting attitude with everything, like every distraction, every noise, like stop. I'm collecting myself. Is, is it that that I'm making fun of it? Clearly not, right? That's not the way to collect ourselves. But but collecting ourselves really is through enjoyment and falling in love with peace, with contentment. That's the way it's done. It's, there's no other way it's it's not by the force of will and the, and the whip like okay concentrate now um, you can try that it doesn't it's I'll, I'll say more about it in a moment but in praise of collectedness in praise of collectedness I wanted to also share this quote which I love by Thomas Merton the uh, celebrated famous Trappist monk who was also a a good friend of uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. They were buddies. So Thomas Merton, many of you might already know um, his name. Um, I love this quote by him. There is a, and and he said this, uh, gosh, how many years ago now? Uh, Decades ago. I don't have the date of, of the quote, but decades, and he's been dead for a while, so decades ago. There is a pervasive form of contemporary violence to which the idealist most easily succumbs. Activism and overwork. The rush and pressure of modern life are a form, perhaps the most common form, of its innate violence. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything, is to succumb to violence. The frenzy of our activism neutralizes our work for peace. It destroys our own inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our own work because it kills the root of inner wisdom which makes work fruitful. Powerful words from a wise, wise being. Too many demands, too many projects, want to help everyone in everything. Do you identify with too many projects? Raise your hand! (laughs) Too many. Yeah. So, this, 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 um, what he talks about, which we recognize this inner capacity for peace, this, to cultivate this inner capacity for peace, to maintain that, so that our outer work in the world is inspired, it comes out of that inner capacity that inner holding of of peace, of stability, of stability. So now motivating, I'm trying to motivate a little bit, probably doesn't, I don't need to motivate why practicing, calm abiding, settling, gathering is important, but I will just spell it out. It is the way that we create this this fort, this stability, this sense of, um, this, this, it's like a foundation, it's like a rock-solid foundation on which our work in the world is based and also our inner work of insight is based on calm. So the practice of calm abiding, gathering, collecting, concentrating the mind, settling the mind, we will just use the word settling the mind, the practice of cultivating samadhi to to any extent possible. And there are quite a range and levels of, of of depth, of settle, settling that our minds can cultivate. But at any level, cultivating samadhi is the precursor, is the precursor to insight, is the precursor to insight internally and externally. If we don't have a settled and calm mind we cannot clearly see. It's not possible. So imagine your mind you have binoculars right you're, and you're trying to look at your life you're trying to look at your habit patterns you're trying to look at the world right the the lens of insight the the, the binoculars of insight. But if you don't have a stable base, if you don't put it on a tripod, if it's just moving, 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 you can't really look. The image keeps shifting and changing. There needs to be a stability so that you can take a breath. Oh, that's what's happening. Okay. So that building, that, that, that tripod that we set the binoculars on for the sake of insight. And insight, by the way, is also another word for vipassana, those who have been practicing for a while. Vipassana, insight, practice, seeing things as they are, arising, passing, all of that. Um, And the precursor to that is samadhi, is, is calming, settling the mind. And also if we take insight, because insights really are personal. We always have in this practice, you know, many times um, maybe beginners think, okay, all these insights I hear about, I hear about impermanence, and I hear about not-self, I especially want that not-self thing, that how do I get to that that insight, like that sounds, or, or emptiness, that's what I want, that sounds so cool, give me some emptiness. Okay, slow down, slow down. It's from, it starts from the personal. And when you have the insights that are in personal nature, then it extends to, then you can see the universal. But you can jump into the universal. It becomes spiritual bypass. If you start, if you want to just see the universal and poo-poo the, and the personal, I don't even exist, I don't, yeah, the Buddha says there's no self, not self, so, yeah. No, 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 come back. Get quiet down, calm down, slow down, cultivate some samadhi, some stability of the mind, and get to see the insights, your own insights in the personal level. Oh, wow, I'm suffering. I'm really attached to this relationship that did not work. I'm really suffering. There's a lot of suffering here. Okay. All right, how do I work with this? There's personal suffering here. There's attachment, there's wanting, there's anger, there's resentment, there's self-blame. Wow, okay, okay, I'm going to start there. It's not like, oh, okay, that's all personal, forget it. I just want to go and like, chill out and do the not-self thing. Cause, no, 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 start. You have to start right because what can happen... W- Many different ways, different people have different but I'll just give one example, you know, you stay with you stay with say um with the the um the pain, the suffering. Okay, so the teachings, all right, mindfulness of the body is the first satipatthana, the first foundation of mindfulness. Okay, so you start to feel the sensations in the body. Yes, yeah, really hurts ouch, this really hurts. And then by actually acknowledging the pain, that, oh yeah, this really, really hurts. I'm really hurting right now. Oh, sweetheart, that arises compassion. Compassion, oh, which may not have been there because you were just kicking yourself. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I was, oh, I'm really hurting right now. I'm really hurting right now. So there can be a sense of compassion that arises. This really hurts. I'm really hurting. Oh, if I have actually compassion, kindness, ah, things are easier. And also the heart, it's not just easier, but also you get a sense, the mind, the heart can get a sense that, wow, other people are going through that too. Then the heart can open up to compassion for others. This is hard. Oh, that other friend of mine who a few months ago was going through something similar, and I just like, yeah, 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 I was checking, you know, Facebook, well, wonderful. And I, oh oh, ouch, ouch, then your heart opens up. Oh, that was really, so in that way, through your personal suffering, you open up to compassion, not just for yourself, but universally. So it's through the personal becomes the universal for example, with compassion. Similarly with all the other insights, with impermanence, things arise and pass away. You just keep having, you have to keep noticing, seeing in detail. Yeah, it arises and passes away. I woke up this morning, oh yeah, I was really, really upset. Oh, that mind state, that heart state, it's gone away. And then it starts to become universal. Everything is impermanent. Everything is impermanent. And then the next time something happens and you're in the midst of fear, like, oh, what if this never ends? Oh, everything is impermanent. Yes, I know, I deeply know everything is impermanent. So, And impersonal. So let's talk about anatas, not self. Impersonality, you get to see when you really slow down and you get to see the mind states. You get to see the sensations in the body. They all arise and pass, and you have no control. When you get to see, you have no control over, say, aging, over how this body recovers or doesn't recover from, say, a cut. Like, wow, I can't do this. The body is doing this. Or all the other ways that there is no governability. There is you can start with the body, but there's so many different ways to have all of these insights, a, a gazillion ways to have these insights. But the, the point I want to make is it starts with the personal. That's the point I want to make. I don't want to give a 24-hour a or 48-hour discourse on all the ways to have these insights because there's so many different ways. <laughs> but, but the point is, it starts with the personal insights and further back, Pull back a little more. Starts with having a calm, settled mind that is able to have the insights. If if it's the binoculars of, uh, all over the place, you cannot have. You're just kind of you're in the whirlwind of uh, 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 thoughts and entangling, entangling. <sighs> Stabilize. Put your foot down. Sit down. Rest. Calm the body. Calm the mind. So, so many, so many whys, so many why, whys to do, to practice calming, settling the mind. Okay, so I could continue, but you might say, okay, I'm, all right, yes, I'm signing up. So how do I do this? How do I settle? Well as I've been intimating, and also, also as I've been leading in the <coughs> excuse me, guided meditation, it is through enjoying, through loving, through finding contentment. Because when the mind is content, when the heart loves what's happening, it doesn't want to go anywhere. Think of a hobby you have, something you really enjoy doing. You just get absorbed. And hours can go by. You may not even eat because you're so absorbed. You're loving what you're doing. So that's the kind of relationship to cultivate with practice. It's not a grim duty. I have to sit. You know, science says 30 minutes a day is good for my health. No, fall in love with it. Fall in love with it. That's the only way to do this so there are different methods so, so there are different techniques, lots of different objects for developing concentration for developing collection of the mind and and different techniques and ways and do this and do that and yet the ethos, the way to approach it all of them is similar so, so I'll talk a little bit about both so <clears throat> So there are many different concentration objects, many different ways to collect the mind. So in the West, we tend to practice with mindfulness of the breath. That's our primary object. Yes, familiar with that one? Yeah, that's that's usually the anchor, right? We go to the breath. We see thoughts entangled in this Go back to the breath, or tune back to the breath. Yes, you're with me. Yeah, everybody has had instructions on mindfulness of the breath. Yes. Okay. So that's primarily <clears throat> the the um, the object. However, there are forty different objects in the Visuddhimagga, which is the path of purification. This thousand-page manual. 2,000-year-old manual, practice manual, which is wonderful and wonderfully obtuse and great. Um, There are 30 different objects, and um, one of them is the breath, and then there are the brahma-viharas, the the practices of the heart. For example, metta, loving-kindness, and compassion, and... You know all the uh, four Brahma Viharas, the four practices of the heart—Mudita, Vicarious Joy, and Equanimity. Those four are some of the forty different ways to really calm and set, collect the mind when you sit and wish yourself well or wish somebody else well, and engage, really engage, stay, stay. You stay with that practice. The mind collects and settles and becomes happy. Then, then there are bunch of other objects that's 10 of them they're called the casinas and there are basically visualization objects for this practice and some people actually um they pr- they their minds take better to the visualization object and my favorite visualization object is what is called the white casino in fact i taught a an online retreat at IRC at the end of last year, and I'm teaching another one online. It's on my website um, in beginning of March. So, so the white casino is a just a, basically the color white, and the mind can be can just settle and be absorbed and and find peace, just collecting with a white disc, white circle, and it becomes expansive. And some people report that it's actually easier for them to connect with that, a sense of purity and calm and subtleness compared to the breath. Um, so so there are many, many different objects, many, many different ways for, for this settling to happen. One thing to, to keep in mind with calming, collecting the mind around an object is the difference between... Samatha practice, practice, samadhi, uh, samatha is the name of the practice, samadhi is the state. So the practice of collecting the mind versus insight practice, also translated as vipassana. These two are a little different. So let me decode it for you. So with collecting the mind, you keep coming back to the same object. You keep coming back. When other things happen, thoughts, etc., you say, not now. You let them go. You let them go. You let. You keep coming back to the same object over and over and over again. Okay? Compared to that, insight practice is the mind rests on, say, the sensations of the body for a while, sees the three characteristics, sees the arising and passing, and, and then moves to another object, moves to thought, sees their arising and passing, etc. Et so, so it keeps moving from object to object to object. So in the words of Steve Armstrong, concentration practice is like absolute monogamy. You are dedicated to one object alone. It's just the breath, or it's just the white casino. That's it. Everything else, like it's distractions. You're just coming back. In insight practice, maybe you start. Here, here's where it's gets. So, so, actually, let me share his words. So he he calls um, insight practice or vipassana to be uh, serial monogamy. So you're monogamous, you give all your attention to one object, you know, the sensations of the body, and then, oh, maybe Vedana, feeling tone, oh, this is how it's changing and shifting, and then maybe thoughts, oh, they're rising and passing. So you're giving your heart to one object, you're really dedicated to it, but then another object, another object, another object, Okay. So what tends to get confusing for Western practitioners hearing this is, wait wait a minute, that's not how I practice. I, I start with the breath, I'm just staying with the breath, and then um, I've been taught uh, as, as a Western practitioner, okay, then thoughts arise, okay, maybe I, I notice thoughts arising, I pay attention to them a little bit, and then I let them go, and I come back to the breath, right? Does that from, sound familiar for many of you? Okay, so that... That is um, called Dry Vipassana. That's essentially the style. There are many, many different styles. So, going one level deeper. So, so, let's, so, there are two, let, let's just for simplicity say there are two different ways to practice Vipassana and inside practice. One way is to spend days, weeks, months, years practicing Samatha collecting the mind and when you really really have a collected mind settled mind then you you practice vipassana right it's always a precursor right it's always a precursor so it always has to happen first okay right that's one way not taught in the west that's so there are some teachers who teach this way my teacher Pog Sayada, venerable Pog Sayada, whom i studied with you know, you practice the the concentration samatha until jhanas and absorptions you might have happened. So really deep states of concentration arise. And then only then you switch to vipassana. Okay, that's one way. However, in the West, the Mahasi method, uh, that's mostly taught, is kind of interleaved. So the vipassana, the samatha gets interleaved with the vipassana, it gets interleaved. That's why it's called dry vipassana. So you start with a little bit of, Samadhi, you calm and collect the mind, right? And then, oh, thought arises. Okay, now it becomes Vipassana. Now you actually go to the thought. And you see like, oh yes, distraction. Maybe you label it even, yes? Labeling, noting anyone, yeah. You're like, oh yeah, that's the kind of thought I'm having. It's planning, it's self-judgment. You get to see it. Then, so we were still doing Vipassana with me. Now we let go of it and we come back. So we're now doing what? We're doing samatha practice, right? Calming the mind, stabilizing it a little, a little bit so that we have enough stability. The next time, oh, backache. Oh, tight, moving, tension, tight, right? You get to investiga- investigate in the body a little bit. Now you're doing what? Vipassana. Vipassana. yes, you were doing this. Good, Vipassana. Then after a while, uh, the body doesn't attract your attention this much. Right? The instructions are, you let it go, you come back to the breath. Now you're doing what? Samatha. Yes. So you see how it's interleaved? Yeah. Whereas in this other style, you're just doing like samatha day and night and day and night. And like after months, like, okay, now we're going to do vipassana. It's just like, okay, now you're ready. Now you're just going to investigate all phenomena. So... So... And having said that, it is helpful. It is helpful if your mind is is or heart is, is um, drawn to it to take some time in your practice to settle the mind a little more, to just create more settledness through these various practices. So I want to come back to joy. I also want to say a because this is so important, so important. So, this is from Ajahn Suchito, a respected monk in in this tradition. So about practice of samadhi, this is what he says. I think of enjoyment as receiving joy, and samadhi as the art of refined enjoyment. It is the careful collecting of oneself to the joy in the present moment. Joyfulness means there is no fear, no tension, no out-to. There isn't anything we have to do about it. So there is stillness. It's just this. Right? So so cultivating samadhi, collecting the mind, of course there is engagement, right? You have to engage. But it's not... Effortful. It's enjoyment. It's tuning into the joy of the moment. Joy of the breath. Remember I was inviting you to fall in love with the, the breath? You know, what is content? How, can you enjoy this moment? Can you relax? So relaxing the body is very important. If the body is tight, getting it to settle is really hard. Here's another quote about... About the use of pleasure in in calming, collecting the mind. This one is from Tanisara Bhikkhu, another celebrated monk in this tradition, tradition. How do you use pleasure? Focus on the breath right now. Of course, he's talking about mindfulness of the breath as the object. So, focus on the breath right now and see how it feels. Then experiment with the breath to see how the way you breathe can produce either pleasure or pain. It may be subtle, the difference between the two, but it's there. We've learned to desensitize ourselves to this aspect of our awareness. So it's going to take a while to resensitize ourselves, to begin seeing the patterns. This is why we practice. Keep coming back to the breath keep coming back to the breath. Try to get more sensitive to this area of your awareness, more skilled at learning how to maximize the potential for pleasure right here and now, simply by the way you breathe, not only producing pleasure, but also maintaining it. After all, feelings of pleasure and rapture are part of the path. They are tucked in the Noble Eightfold Path, right under right concentration, right under right concentration. And as part of the path they may have to be developed and maintained. As the Buddha said, this pleasure is blameless. So there's a lot of pleasure and enjoyment through the practice to cultivating samadhi, samatha, this calm, collected mind that for some people starts to get addictive, like, oh, I want that pleasure. Like, okay, then let that go, that's also impermanent. But it gets so much pleasure and so much calm, collectedness, which again, the point is not to check out in it, but to use it as a basis for our life, for our insight, for our service, for the way we show up in the world. Anyway, there's a lot more I can say, and 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 I think I'm going to end now. And and uh, maybe if you're interested, you can you'll come and I'll teach you about the White Casino online in a few weeks. But I think I'll end there. There's this this is endless. This is just so so joyous. This topic and this cultivation and sharing it, and also just igniting perhaps igniting the the delight and interest uh, in others—it's—it's it's a practice that's been so meaningful to me in my practice. Uh, both drive pasana this interleaving. I've—I've I've done that for many years before practicing with, with my teacher Park Um So, I hope the re, the uh, reflections today were of service of, of uh, to your practice, to your awakening, and let's dedicate the goodness of our practice to all beings everywhere. Ah, May the goodness of our practice, our our attention, our inspiration, our co-created goodness, may they serve all beings everywhere in their goodness, in their awakening. May all beings everywhere be free, be awake, including ourselves. Thanks for your attention, everyone. Thank you, Nikki. We also have a a community tea, so if you feel like hanging out with the Sangha, I think that's happening today. Thank you.